When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, what is up, everybody? It is post-DCI season. Things have been crazy. Life changes are happening, and it's amazing. As always, uh, like some of you have seen, there's just a lot of staff changes happening. I counted last night. I think there's seven percussion staffs that turned over since the middle of August. So it's just like you start digging in in one direction and then like it's a different direction. And that's like this world we live in. And it's just been such a crazy couple of weeks. And I'm excited to bring you all um, personal news of my own when the moment's right. That moment is not right now, but it is the moment for me to introduce our guest. This is another banger. I am so excited. We had Scott Chandler last week and that was just an amazing experience for me i know it's an amazing experience for all of our listeners and this one is going to be as well our guest today has a drum corps career spanning over 40 years learning to drum at the age of four this person joined the snare line of the blue devils as an 18 year old in 1976 he performed with the corps until 1979 and instructed the group through 1989 after a few years away teaching, arranging for the Santa Clara Vanguard in the early 1990s, this person rejoined the Blue Devil staff as a percussion director and arranger in 1994, a position he still holds today. Our guest has also had a tremendous influence on the indoor drumline activity. First as an instructor with Riverside Community College, when they're still called that, in 2002 and 2003, and now as a judge. This person was inducted into both the DCI and WGI Hall of Fame in 2012. Everyone help me welcome Scott Johnson. Scott, what's up? How we doing? Wow, what a lead in. I feel really old. Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> That's funny because that is quite literally what Scott Chandler said last week. I was like, oh. My brother. I love it. <laughs> Not meant to feel old, meant to evoke reverence and respect and so many other feelings that I feel at least. So I hope you don't feel old and you're still fresh and doing this thing to this day. That's um, yeah. I try to stay as current as possible and I hire young guys to make me look really good. So that's pretty much the secret right there. <laughs> yeah. That, that is like where I probably would, would start is like, you look at what you've been doing and you look at blue devils. And I think um, I want to start with maybe just the writing and some of the ideas behind the writing at devs coming out and watching the book every year. It feels like this is a drummer's drum line. That might sound insane, but I know you kind of know what I mean. It's like you have always kept with the most innovative rudimental ideas. Um, and I, I don't want to say tricks, but new ways of showing the instruments that we choose to use in marching percussion. So are you driving this innovation when you're thinking about how are we gonna create like this split idea with flams or how are we gonna um, create a new idea with backsticking that tricks the eye and the ear? Like, are you driving this? Um, is it David Glide? Like how, how does this kind of work from uh, the level of conception? Um. Good question. <laughs> and the answer is all of the above. Yeah. Uh, Dave Glide is the main arranger for the music for everything the Blue Double plays from brass to battery to front ensemble to the samples to the voices. I mean, Dave is our musical genius. Yeah. Um, the good news is I taught him when he was in the Blue Double snare line. So I'm a snare drummer. Dave's a snare drummer. So um, I, I'm still fortunate to still perform every now and then. So I still try to keep my chops up and I try to come up with what's, what can you do new on a snare drum? You know, so every year I try to get something 
Well, I haven't heard this for a while because <laughs> I do believe everything's been done. I do believe that <laughs> in one way, shape or everything's been done. Yeah. Everybody goes, I got a new rudiment. No, you don't. <laughs> I heard that back in 64, you know, yeah. <laughs> everything's been done. But I keep trying to you know, figure out different ways to do things, whether it's just by heights or by vocabulary or by splitting stuff up. So we try to just get as much as that into the book as possible. You know, um, we both are involved in writing the actual book. Dave is, like I said, he's, he puts everything on paper first and then I'll take it. And he might leave some slots for me open, goes, I don't know what to do here. What do you got? And, and then through the season, what people don't, I don't know if they know it or not, maybe they do. We change hourly. We change our book hourly to better the core you know it's not about we'll get into the caption things later it's not about captions it's about okay how, how's the drum core going to sound better how, how are we going to help out the color guard here how are we going to help out the horn line here you know so we'll make changes literally for tempo purposes more than anything else <clears throat> if we're dragging here if we can't play this in time too much okay let's change it let's fix it so the horns don't have to pause for that attack or whatever so it's it's definitely a a, a process um Matter of fact, this um, November at PASIC, a little plug here, mm -hmm. myself, uh, Dave Glide, and Brian Dinkle, our front, front ranger, yes. uh, front ensemble, we are doing a clinic. PAS asked us last year if um, we'd be willing to do a clinic on the process of the Blue Devil percussion section. And so uh, I, think it's in I think we came up with the title, Under the Hood of the Blue Devil's Percussion. That's cool. And so we're, we're doing a clinic, and it's just, you know, it's a a pace of clinic so it's 15 minutes long that's all you get and so we're going to use a screen and talk about one of the sections of our show this past year how it was developed how it changed and how we go through our process so a lot of changes but it all comes from the brand of dave glide mainly and the cohesion with everything is super evident so i'm not surprised to hear you know just that communication happening where he's He's mapping out, you know, brass or he's mapping out the overall sort of arc. And then yes. you're kind of working in, but across, it doesn't sound like it's very like restricted, which uh, you can see in the product, um, which is amazing. And then it's like, what, you know, I, I, I guess it's like, what has it been like to work with the level of talent that you've been working with? Because when I, when I think about today, I, I'm torn actually, and I would love your opinion on that too. Is it like are are the students better now more than ever? I'm tempted to say yes, but also I have differing opinions on that. But I think back to like your all's era in two thousand three, four, five, six, seven. Um, like those years were years I was kind of coming up. You know, I marched two thousand five through two thousand eleven. Um, but you know, watching Godfather Part Blue or watching uh, Summer Train Blues mix, and it's like, oh, Casey Brohard, you know? So, like, I guess, how has it been just watching this evolution? You know, are the students better than ever? Like, how have they changed? I just, I can't imagine experiencing this arc that you've experienced, and I just want to, like, know what that's like. It's, it is pretty crazy. It really, I got to be honest, it really is. Um, I think we're spoiled as hell. I think, you know, the top drum corps get literally the best talent. And to be honest, WGI changed the game, you know, because now these performers, they play year round. Yep. They got marching band, they got indoors, they got summer, they don't stop. So the training is year round. You know, it wasn't that long ago. I remember teaching guys what a flam drag was, mm -hmm. you know, this is how you play a flam and this is the diddle that come, you know, I mean, just those basic things where now everybody can play. It's who can move the best while they're playing. You know, that's what it gets down to in the audition process. because. We've cut many guys that were had phenomenal hands, could play anything in the world, but they couldn't move well enough where it's like, you're sorry, but we can't use you. <laughs> we move, <laughs> you know? So it's, the activity has definitely changed um, visually um, as well as just the equipment that we're using now, you know, compared to plastic heads back in the day, if we want to go back that far. But even recently, I mean, just the, the use of electronics, the use of the speakers, the miking systems, the samples, I mean, it's a whole different ballgame than it was before. And just for all you old guys out there, I love it, you know, because I know everybody's complaining about it. Turn the speakers down. What's this? I want to hear it. Well, whatever, you know, get over it. You know, <laughs> that trump chord's done. <laughs> We're now evolving into something else. So, um, I, yeah, I, you know, if I had my wish, no rules. Let's go. Let's see what the heck people can come up with. I'm sure it'd be entertaining as hell, right? No rules. Do whatever you want. You got 17 minutes. Go. <laughs> that would be awesome. It's almost like, you know, instead of competing, we could all just do shows 
and let the it's been talked about side that's been talked about that's been talked about when um dci was having some issues on a lot of the what they well they they what the champ what was that tour called the tour champions yep i think it was like the top eight from the previous year or something like that yes and we were actually talking about that when that thing was being designed because it was not trying to move away from dci but make a different branch of dci and maybe it wasn't going to be competitive Maybe we weren't going to have judges. Maybe I would judge the cadets in Santa Clara and Rennick and those guys would judge us and just, you know, just make it a different thing. And it was talked about and I was all for it, but it came down to, you no, know, the people want to see competitions. They want to see recaps. They want to see numbers. That's why it's a very competitive thing. So we ended up still doing that and we're still doing that, but I would love to see, I hate to use the word exhibitions, but entertainment, you know, that you're not worried about a judge putting the number down because that would open up the doors for a lot of stuff. I love that so much. And the prospect of maybe I've talked about this, the amount of time we have to set up and tear down, I think is it's a little ridiculous with what is happening now. You all obviously have perfected it. I think there's so much pragmatism in the blue devil's design. It's, it's very thoughtful in that logistical way. I don't think everyone has that figured out. You know, I can speak mostly from the indoor perspective. It, it weighs heavily on all of us when I wish the playing and the performance and the authenticity was the thing weighing more heavily. So maybe that is a way we also, you know, change the amount of time we have to set up and tear down. I don't know. No, I, I agree completely, especially in the indoor world. I mean, one of my biggest complaints was when they added a second visual judge, which was, I don't know, within the last 10 years, I think um, they took points away from my sheet that I judge, which is the music sheet on how well they're playing their instruments. And so we took points away from the performers and put more points to the designers. And what I've always loved about WGI, it was about who plays who plays the best. You know, that's what the, the whole concept was when it first started out, let's go, these are drummers, you know, there's no brass instruments, there's no color guard, you know, that's just, it's just percussion. Who's gonna, you know, throw down the best. And that's what I love about that activity. And it still happens, you know, in many ways, but it's also, they took points away from the performers, which I'm still, I'm still complaining about and trying to get fixed. <laughs> I could go a lot of different ways with that. But what I'll say is I think the system in a way is working perfectly when you see a group like Pulse and then you see a group like Broken City and they are basically tenths from each other. One is above, one is below. And Broken City takes the artistic risks but are rewarded on the design side for what they pull off and what, you know, the creativity behind the writing where Pulse is so nuts and bolts on point, and those two are are coexisting. So maybe maybe it's working, but well, you know, and the instructors drive it, right? The instructors, you know, just like DC, well, kind of sort of like DCI, but <laughs> and definitely in WGI when they have their meetings, the instructors drive the rules and what this yes. is what they want. So, so yeah, it, it's that's why they do that, right? I do I do agree that it's drum corps is a lot of a lot of drum corps sounding the same, you know, especially percussion sections, you know. But you go to indoor, there's a lot of differences out there, and they're still rewarded for that. So that's obviously a good thing. So I thought about this, and I'm glad you bring it up, about sort of the uh, homogenizing nature of, of DCI percussion. And I think we would all agree the placement of the judge has definitely added to that homogeneity where we have to be in a certain place, um, we have to have our certain time and exposure and it's turning everything sort of similar, not only just the percussion, but it's like the, all the brass guys are fighting for their exposures and their windows. And I am personally a fan right now today. I'll argue this against myself, maybe tomorrow of the percussion judge actually sitting where the music judge sits for WGI. I, I think we because the percussion judge on the field for DCI is not evaluating the percussion ensemble writing. They're maybe getting the snares or the battery or they're maybe getting the keyboards or sections of the composition, but certainly not what you and Brian Dinkle and David Glide intended from like the umbrella level, which is where a lot of the other judges are judging. So I'm just like, I feel like if we back that judge away, would it actually allow the writing to become more diverse and, and different and original sounding? I'm sorry, you're breaking up. What was the, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, this is a, a major issue. Um, and I was one of the ones 
When we did the vote to change the judging system a few years ago, it was 19, I think was the first year we did that. Um, there was only like three drum corps that said, no, don't do it. And we were one of them. You know, people think the votes are, the instructors run it. That's not the case. The instructors encourage our directors to vote. The, yeah, directors, right. the directors vote. You know, we have no say in it other than, okay, guys, all the instructors agree. Cool, it's done. No, it's not. <laughs> you got to convince your directors now to vote the same way that you feel. And that didn't happen. Um, it was pushed through by the visual guys, obviously, because they didn't want people running through their drills. And safety was a big part of it, you know. Um, I hate it. Every judge I've talked to hates it. They would rather be on the field. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to change the way you stage things now so you can get those few tents, you know, from the drum judge, the brass judge that are on the field. And it, I don't want to say it's hurting the activity, but it it sucks for the members. <laughs> I got to be honest. I mean, I remember when I marched, maybe when you were, I mean, that energy that you felt when the judge was in front of you following yeah. you around for 32 counts or 64 counts or whatever the heck it was. Sure. It was like, oh my God, there's no other feeling like that. You know, just that, that immediate response of working together almost and him enjoying it or not enjoying it or whatever. But it was just, I mean, that, that to me was just awesome. And we lost that. You know, we still get a little bit of it, but it's the rule is really bizarre. You can't go in, what is it, two yards onto the field, six feet? <laughs> yes. Like, who's going to go out there? I mean, it's just so, to me, it's just so absurd. Um, putting them in the stands, we've talked about that many, many years. We've talked about that. They're never going to do that. Show sponsors, those are prime seats. They're not going to give up those seats because you're looking at probably minimum nine seats that you can't have. That's got a rope off for a judge. And that's probably pretty tight if you think about it. And those are prime tickets that the sponsors need. Um, plus, <clears throat> I mean, with speakers nowadays, I mean, the way that most drum judges can evaluate the battery, they got to get behind the speakers, which means on the front sidelines nowadays, right? Back in the day, they could go with the drum line, but <clears throat> excuse me. But now it's get behind the speakers, you know, so you can hear the battery. And if you're in the stands, you're very rarely going to be able to evaluate that. I mean, it's it's about a 20-80 split right now as far as a judge 20% you could evaluate your battery, 80% is the front ensemble, you know? So the percussion titles aren't one in the parking lot, people. They're definitely, it's the whole, it's the whole, oh, trust me, don't even get me going on that. But it's the whole process of the percussion ensemble, but most of it's front ensemble nowadays because that's limited what the judge can actually do, you know? So it's, it's, it's we're still talking about, we have meetings coming up in January. We'll see what happens, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not good yet. It's not. I, I think it's a conundrum with this. And I, I, I agree with you. I would almost rather like either let them go wherever they want or pull them back. Because I think actually the way it is now is more harmful because they're like right up on the back of the pit. And we had people hitting our vibe players in the back row. Uh, we had judges who were stepping on flags and equipment. That's where equipment exchanges happen. So yep, that's yep. not really working. And then, you know, they're they're behind the front ensemble. They're trying to read the battery in all of the craziness that's right behind the pit. And then they're like, oh, Pitt, I hear you back there behind me. Like, they're just trying to, like, sort of give yep. arbitrary credit. Yep. Um, and also, like, you know, on the flip side, like, these this generation of students have never experienced a judge on the field at this point. So it's like. The, but I agree with you completely. My age out year, Jeff Prospery was, you know, we gave it up to him and we won. And it was like amazing. Like I remember exactly what that felt like and just having it chills. You know how he does. Like, oh, yeah. Just that, that communication being such a fun part of it. And then also, let me flip the other side is, you know, I've been at Crown for the last six years and it's like, I can't even get in the drill and I know the drill as someone who's there, you know, every day. And I'll be getting yelled at by Jeff Saktig and look, damn, get out of there. So it's like, we can't throw a first read out. And I know like the best judges, like they're making their maps. They're understanding where to go. The Blue Devils are being smart. They're bringing them the, literally the front sideline, which I, I like how you guys do that. But um, there, there is an issue with the difficulty, the visual demands and sending them out there. So I, I just don't know. Well, I thought we had the answer years ago. Um, I was part of the, the DCI task force when we introduced percussion two. Mm -hmm. And that was put the judge up in the box yep. and he can read the percussion ensemble as well as when the field judge was back with the battery, he didn't have to worry about sprinting to the front to check out the pit because percussion two could handle that. 
you know, so that, that guy could even stay back there with him and not destroy visual concepts or whatever. Um, and that, and the weird thing with that, I mean, because it was it was me, Neil Larravee, uh, Macintosh, were on that, that that committee that year, and we pushed like crazy and got that through, and it was with us for I don't know two, three, four years, yeah. and then it just disappeared, and nobody knew how. I remember going, wait a minute, well, yeah, we know why, but it's like I wasn't told. I don't think anybody was oh, told. It's a, the funny. next season showed up, and it's like, what do you mean there's no percussion too? What, what do you mean? Who changed? How did that change? But nobody really knew about that. So it was really weird how that kind of like disappeared. And yeah, it was all money, you know, and people don't realize, why don't you have two judges for every show? The expenses are insane. Yep. I mean, they, they show us the numbers at the meetings, of course, because they're justifying why we can't have another 12 judges, you know, more judges. I think the more fair this whole activity would be, but they can't afford it because you're, you talk about one judge. If you're adding one judge to a season, it's like in a hundred thousand dollar range when you look at flights, hotels, how many shows they got to go to, you know, not even count a judging fee, which is minimum <laughs> compared to most activities. So it's it's a it's a major expense to add judges, unfortunately, because if that was the case, man, well, I'll take as many judges as we can get out there. Let's go. Give me 30 judges. It'll be the most fairest contest ever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm OK with that. I would love an audience vote. I really like I'm not even shitting you like I think. I think letting the audience vote in and then adding that to the average would be You're crazy. Healthy. You're crazy. Where's the show at? What town's the show in? <laughs> all, you know, all of them. Just, yeah. That's well, free. That's the a pro- free vote. The problem with that, well, I think the problem with that is it, you're going to have a, a home favorite. Everybody is. And there's very few shows in California, by the way, after July 4th. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is Midwest and East, you know, and people don't want blue doubles to win anymore. I get that. I understand that, you know? And so it's like, there's no way the audience is going to give it up for us. <laughs> my, my opinion, you know, I, they, they did that. There was some, they had audience, something participation, a couple of, this was a while ago, but it was awesome. I mean, Madison at the time, I think we're in the lower echelon of the DCI, but they were like winning these shows because of the audience participation, which I thought was great. You know, so fair enough, because I hear you about, you know, the the BD thing. And also, like, y'all are so on point with what you're achieving that checks all the boxes with your design. And all of the judges, especially the G judges, are like, yes, like, this is so intellectual in the layers and the, the how much meaning is behind these choices. And it's like, people can't keep well, I I would not consider many cores to be keeping up with that. And that's all good. If there was some democratic vote, I'm not saying that decides a show, but like a very small contribute, like how much does a percussion caption really even contribute to the overall score? It's, it's not a lot, right? So, well, no, it's all about the GE numbers. Those are the pure right. numbers, right? If a GE judge gives you 10 points, those 10 points go to your total score. Right. If a drum judge, a brass judge, a color guard judge, a field visual judge, or an ensemble judge, if they give you 10 points, five goes towards your total score. Right. So guess what points we're going to go for? <laughs> you know, for, I'll give up two two tenths in the percussion caption for two tenths upstairs any day. Are you kidding me? Right. I mean, that's that's you know the secret of not the secret of the blue doubles, but that's what everyone's trying to do. It's not about the captions. Well, with us, it's not about the captions. It's about the totality. It's about you know the ring. Right, and you. I think amongst everyone, you've been able to not only hit those like GE checkpoints and be, you know, the most winningest core ever, but like not one of those cores that's winning, but can't win captions. Because I think when you look at devs, especially in the last couple of years of the music captions, you are, you're able to win these captions. You're winning brass, you're winning percussion and still winning overall. And I don't think every team out there is really trying to, um, you know, rise raise the tide for all ships right and i think with at least the percussion design that's obvious that's what i'm most tapped into um with what everyone does you've been able to keep the percussion in that top three almost every year regardless so it's like it it's not one or the other oh brass is going to win but then the percussion is going to take a hit this or that so how do you navigate going about this? Do you just understand the engineering of design where the exposure needs to be versus, hey, we're pulling behind the brass. We don't need to go crazy because there's there's so much smart engineering behind what the Blue Devils drum line specifically does so that you can clean the stuff that matters. How did you develop all this? Um, 
I don't know if we developed it as much as we just get very talented performers. You know, um, and I do say, you know, because we're at the top or have been at the top, we get a lot of drummers that come to us because they want to win a ring, which means they probably had experience somewhere else. Yeah. You know, people ask me, they go, so do I need experience to get into the drum line? It's like, no, you don't. You can, you know, if you're good enough, you're in. I go, but you're going against people who probably have a lot of experience. So they might just have it over you just because they know what's up, <laughs> you know? So we get extremely mature players. And that's part of our process, why we can do what we do. I mean, we don't use dot books for drill. I mean, it's all staging, it's all run over here, figure out how to run there. No, do, do, it, do it something different. You know, don't, don't just march. What else, how, how else can you guys move over there? You know, so a lot of it comes on the performers. And so they embrace that big time because they're part of the process. They're part of how we do things and they create things and on their own, you know, especially in the drum line. It's like, okay, guys, we're not going to stand still during this. What do you got? <laughs> you know, do something, you know, I mean, years ago, the, my, the, the easy example was um, I told the snare line, okay, go home. Think about this one lick we're doing, the snare lick. I go, but we can't just stand still. We got to do something. And the next day, Brand, Brand, that was when Brandon Olander was still in the snare line, my yeah. center snare. And he comes up and he goes, so... We talked about it. We think we have an idea. And I go, what's that? He goes, we want to moonwalk. I go, what? I go, Michael Jackson moonwalk? And they're going, yeah. And I go, can you guys? <laughs> and he goes, I don't know. <laughs> but it was just part of the process that came from within where the guys are sitting around, you know, hanging out at their apartment at night, whatever, just start brainstorming ideas. But that came from the line. That came from the guys. And that happens all the time. So the performers, the maturity of the performers, I think is why we keep hanging in there. Is that the same thing with licks? Do you let them contribute? Is that the yeah, text? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we, they, they definitely come up with some. And every year I'll sit the line down, most years, I should say, um, and say, okay, you're sitting in front of the best drum line in the world. What are they doing? Are they modulating? Are they ramming notes? Are they doing stick tricks? Are they dancing? Are they, I mean, what are they doing? You know, in your opinion, because these are the guys who are doing it right now, right? They're drumming 24 7, not me anymore. <laughs> You know, so I get as many, we get as many ideas from the line as possible. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they'll come up, hey, I got this great idea. And they'll do something. I go, yeah, that ain't happening. Nope. <laughs> Next. <laughs> but uh, that I, I encourage them to help us out, if that makes sense. You know, so a lot of it comes within the line. And again, when that happens, that's ownership. You know, guess what? They're going to work on that a little bit harder because that's their idea that made it onto the Blue Devil field. You know, yeah. going back to the whole the competition thing and how we stay relevant. Um, one of my proudest things um, about being with the Blue Devils since I became caption head in 94, every time we've won high percussion since then, we won the ring that same year. So we've never won percussion without winning the ring, without winning wow. the championship, you know? And so that's, that to me, that's one of my proudest things about the activity is it's not about, you know, the captain, if the caption happens, awesome, great. That's, you know, congrats, it's a bonus, whatever. But it's not about that. It's about the ring. And every time, literally every time we went percussion with, with me involved in 90, since 94 as a captain head, we, we didn't lose the show. So I think that's a, it's a weird stat. <laughs> it's a very, very outside the box looking stat. But to me, that's what I keep striving to do. It's all about the, it's about the product. It's about the full product. If the caption happens, that'll come, whatever. But it's about the product first. Mm. And if you win a ring, then everyone that is in the core and involved wins. Right. I mean, I, I love those comments on medias where, you know, congratulations, Blue Devils, you know, on a great, and it's a picture of the drum line. And they said, no, they took second or they took third or they took whatever. And I'm going, what? They weren't involved in any of the visual captions. They weren't involved in the effect. They were not. It's just, it's just kind of stupid, right? <laughs> I just laugh at the kids. <laughs> They don't know what they're talking about. I mean, you already know, like you just said it, that this stuff isn't one in the lot. Um, and the choices that designers make, your drill writer is going to have a lot to do with the, who wins the Fred Sanford and how the percussion is ranked. That's just what it is. And if you have that relationship with the drill writer and they are going to concede to certain things, you have a greater chance of success. So I think people in this era of YouTube and sort of thinking that they have access to everything all the time when really it's like, that's you move and play and do body and there's all this other stuff to it. But when you watch the parking lots, it's like, well, they're all just standing there playing. So 
I'm not seeing the difference. People don't know that Blue Devils are better on the field. I've well, always found you to be better on the field in the show, which is what you should be. Thank you for saying that because definitely. <laughs> I mean, we don't. It's funny. One of the, um, by the way, this past year, I think it's been public, but that was an all rookie drumline for the Blue Devils in nice. 2020. We had no vets of any kind because. After 19, the age outs, the 20 age outs that didn't get to perform, the 2021 age outs that would have performed that we had nothing, you know. So 2022 was brand new. I mean, to, to Blue Devils, right? They were somewhere else probably, but they're too new to Blue Devils. But um, the I just lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? The uh... Of moving better on <laughs> oh, the Oh, thank yes. In the lot. The lot. <laughs> Get me going on the lot. One of the members came up to me in the lot. He goes, wow, this is like crazy. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well... The only time we ever stand still and drum this much is warming up for a show. And I go, you're right. <laughs> I mean, every rehearsal day, whatever, you know, we get 20 minute warm up, boom, get back on the field, let's go. You know, and we're mo we never stand still and play other than when you first learn the music pretty much. But it's really rare if we stand still and work stuff like we do in the lot before a show. So everyone's going, oh my God, they're dirty, they're dirty. It's like, yeah, well, we never stand still and do this. <laughs> That attacks bad. Well, that's because they're usually using the horn guy behind them and, you know, whatever. But it just, it's, to me, it cracks me up, especially now with the new judging system. You know, I mean, everybody's judging the batteries in the lot standing still for the high percussion award. And I just, I think that's, a, I think it's comical, actually. It's entertaining. It's extremely entertaining to watch some of those comments. I absolutely love it. But <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, literally, we, we never stand still long anywhere other than warming up for a show. That's right. the only time we actually get to play through everything standing still more than once. It's crazy. The listening environment thing, too, is just not taken into account. It's like, yeah, we're standing in like these sort of, you know, half-ass drill forms. We're all trying to do like micro drill, lot body, whatever. Right. But it's like, why would I spend any time or much time past like the fundamentals talking about how to listen or where your listening point is or your blend and balances in a block when on the field, this is this like thing where the quads are over. It just, it, it's one of those things that I think people think they have all this knowledge because they have access when I don't know that access and knowledge are uh, synonyms. Really. It takes that, you know, years of being out there and like realizing like how to actually make a drum line better and it's convenient to stand there standing still and be like, I'm the best teacher ever <laughs> playing in a block. Like, yeah, if you can't get a drum line to play well in a tracking block, like you suck. <laughs> wow. Thing to do. <laughs> I said that Scott Johnson yeah, did not. Say I did that. not say that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like the real thing is like in the actual. Oh yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when you got mellophones flying by you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden you can't listen to the Johnny anymore next to you. It's like, yeah, that, those are the situations that we deal with, that everybody deals with. So aside from obviously taking the players sort of ideas and, you know, at some times like it, opinions, which is not a negative word in that case uh, sure. into account, like how else do you have to approach working with, players of that caliber i have to imagine because i know you do clinics and you're teaching at all different levels how do you, you bring yourself to the blue devils caliber versus a, a clinic filled with high school students in the southeast or something what's what's really useful i go and again we're spoiled with the you know the blue devil drummers that we get is we could try stuff and we do i go let's try this guys i mean there was a couple years there where i kept thinking that a grace note of a flam could be a diddle you know so it's this really tight little diddle before the primary note and we were working on some of that to put in the show and i couldn't do that with the high school line i couldn't even talk about that concept so like a three yeah. or something like da -da -dum, da -da -dum, da -da -dum. no it's like a it's like a chut but instead of a chut it's a rah, rah. i mean just uh, the same space that you would have grace note the primary note but that was two notes to the primary note okay you know, and, we, and <clears throat> i could try that with the blue devil guys you know, go outside their box, you know, and that's what I try to do when I'm at home on my pad, just trying to go, okay, how can I play a flam differently? <laughs> you know, what's that going to be? <laughs> and just coming up with ideas like that, but I could experiment with them. 
And we experiment with that when the ensemble sometimes too. I wonder if this happened with the snares and, you know, um, God, it was probably a few years ago, we did that cross modulation where the snares are doing a modulation from like slow to fast, the tenors are going fast to slow. And when you have those crossover sevens and fivelets and over two counts, over one count, I mean, it sounded dirty, but it was one of those things where, no, this is actually played correctly, you know? And it was like, okay, well, let's educate the judges on how we do this. You know, right. but it's just, I was able to experiment with that with them and say, is this even going to be possible, you know, for to be judged in an activity or to even sound good, period. <laughs> so things like that were, um, I think that's one of the, to me, that's one of my favorite things with working with this caliber is the fact that we can try stuff that you probably couldn't try with a lot of other groups. And like, you know, it gets back to, we get a lot of mature performers that come to us all mm -hmm. the time. So we're able to do that. We're fortunate to be able to do that. I am sure there's people out there that are trying to do some of the Blue Devils level stuff with their respective high schools. And I I think it's it's all like a sliding scale is kind of what you're saying. Um, and I'm interested, what are some ideas or some concepts you've introduced where it like didn't work? Can you like remember any specific examples? That grace nut with the diddle never worked. Uh, <laughs> we didn't try that. <laughs> I tried uh, this past couple of years. We had it. We had it in the show for a little bit until I was like, yeah, it's not going to happen. But instead of a herita, instead of a digadat that you played a triplet, that So instead of a it was but really fast. And I could play them fast, you know, just because my hands are weird. And some of the guys were going, what is that? And I'd show it to them and they all started to get it, but it never made the field because it was, wasn't clear enough ever, you know? And I mean, one of the, one of the big um, <laughs> memories that I have, it was, God, I don't know, 10 years ago, whatever. So and me and Glide, uh, Dave Glide, we, we used to play golf a lot together before I moved away from my a little farther away now, so we don't play golf as much. But we'd always get together and just golf and talk about what's next. What are we going to do next? What's going on now? And I remember one year telling Dave, I think we need more like fives and sevens nowadays. You know, and this was a while ago. Dave's a math major. Okay. He's got that mathematical mind of numbers. And I remember the last couple books that came out, it's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> what is, what are all those numbers on top of those notes mean? You know? And it was just like, he, I mean, if you check out some of the stuff, even from this past year, I mean, 2019 is a good example. That's past year 22. I mean, some of the vocabulary, when you listen to it with a click track, you're going, what the hell is that pattern? And that was just us figuring out what Dave's brain was trying to think. And it was, I mean, that's you know some of the newer vocabulary that sounds newer i should say just because of the way we put it in context with the, the quarter note you know it's if you just play the parts oh yeah that's just this and this and this yeah but if this is the footfall it changes the whole game as far as what it actually is on paper so that's been a, a fun thing that keeps me young is trying to trying to figure out the mathematics that goes into the book and bd you know thinking back on the exercises that you learn when you're coming up, at least for me, was like Diddy, 13 <laughs> hour, you know, like, so that was in there. It was just like, oh, what is 13, 16? Like, I didn't even know this was a time signature. Okay, let me like, right. and when you're, you know, you're a high school snare drummer, this stuff is like just blowing your mind. It's like a foreign language, you know, yeah, you're basically yeah. an alien language. And um, I wanted to ask you too, like, I know I've seen Roger Carter do a bunch of this and he's an OG Blue Devil. And I know you've done some of this, bringing in drum set players to clinic or to work with the line or to speak. Um, I'd love to just hear a little bit about, you know, any experience you had bringing in like a non-conventional, you know, clinician or, or musician to work with the group and kind of what the thought process is behind that we um back in the 90s i think it was 90s i want to say 96 uh yeah i think it was roger aged out in 95 i believe um 94 95 with me um and then 96 i think we did a clinic with dave weckel yeah and it was a blue double drum line and dave weckel and then the next year it was alex acuna and then we did something with david garibaldi and it's not that they came in and worked with us, but I, I, I just wanted to see the drum set world with a marching percussion section. And, you know, the Weckle thing happened because all the guys idolized him in the drum line at the time and said, oh my God, we're gonna play with Dave Weckle. It's like, you know, so it was a, I, I, I was thrilled just to be able to pull that off for them because it was awesome. He did a clinic and then we got up, we played a ditty together, right? Uh, with Weckle. But the, 
to me, the quick funny story is I sent Weckl back in the day those little digital recorders, um, mini discs. I recorded the drumline playing through the ditty, sent yeah. it to him. And originally he said, I'll just do an acoustic thing. Don't worry about the setup. I'll just, you know, just have Yamaha send out my drums, just acoustics. I go, oh, easy, cool. Then he heard this mini disc and he goes, he goes, so listen, I'm going to need this and this and this, all this electronic stuff. Cause he realized, yeah. okay, this is not a marching band thing. This is like something different, you know, a little, little, little higher class, whatever. And then he goes, I noticed they're taking liberties with tempos. And I just started laughing. I go, yeah, they, yeah, they drag. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, so you didn't send me the sticking for the snare part. And I went, I didn't think you needed the sticking for the snare part. And he goes, well, don't you want me to stand in the snare line and play this with them? And I went, dude, I'm honored you thought about that, but no, I want you to sit behind your kit and just throw down. He goes, oh, fuck, that's easy. <laughs> so that's how, and he literally was thinking, oh, he's going to learn the snare part. And I'm going, oh, I'm honored that you would even think about that. But, and so he did, he just sat behind the kit and threw down, but it was funny because that was, and I still use that term today. It's like, I noticed you're taking liberties with tempos, <laughs> meaning, yeah, you're slowing down. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my Weckl experience as far as getting him. And then he showed up and the clinic was amazing. And the guys got the drum with him. And like I said, Alex Acuna and the other guys, uh, Peter Erskine was one of them too, which was just unbelievable. Peter, when he was playing with us, and this was probably one of the best education things, not for just the high school kids that were all in the audience, but for the Blue Devil guys too. And the old, and myself <laughs> is he was after Weckl. So we had Weckl who just threw down, right? How many notes can you fit in? And then you had Erskine, and Erskine just hinted his ride cymbal. Just a quarter note, dang, dang, dang. And you can see kids, high school kids are like nodding off a little bit, you know, and then this big theater that we're in. And he goes, oh, I know, you want to hear this. And he just throws down for like two minutes straight. I mean, just insane, right? That I didn't know Peter ever did that. And then he goes, but we're going to talk about this. And he went back to that right symbol. I went, this is awesome. This is awesome. <laughs> and I just started, I stood up. I'm going, hell yes. And it was just that whole, okay, let's talk about tempo. Let's talk about the groove, you know, and all of a sudden the kids perked up. <laughs> it was like, oh, he could do that too. Okay. Maybe this is something I really need to pay attention to. <laughs> but uh, we never really had a guy come in and work with the line, you mm. know, to get back to your question. Yeah, other yeah. than, um, other than us, uh, there's a bunch of us who, you know, obviously perform and still play around and do stuff like that. But, um, I never really had somebody outside come in and do something like that, not to actually work with the line. Gotcha. Yeah. That might be a little, uh, overwhelming or, or difficult considering just, you have to just know what's going on in the given yeah. moment to come yep. work with the group, especially over the summer. But I want to ask I love that example about Peter Erskine, both like shedding and then playing quarter notes on the, on the ride cymbal. As someone who is very much on the receiving end of so many years of training, you know, I just think of like the the members that I've taught that have gone to Blue Devils and how much experience they had um, up to that point. And then obviously with you all, what do you tell students or what would you tell students who are like day one, like they're picking up the sticks and they're like i want to be a snare drummer like what do you as the person that you you've seen just this whole you know as an individual player i mean we've all gone through it right who you know i remember when i sucked and, and i remember what it felt like and now i remember being on the other side of it like what would you what would that tip be or or how would you guide that beginning drummer um it's all about quality of sound it's all about quality of, um, I've had people who've called me, text me, emailed me about, hey, um, how do you tune your drums, you know, wh whatever company we were with at the time, <laughs> you know, and I tell them exactly how we tune our drums and what heads we're using and what sticks we're using. And they're going, yeah, I did all that, but we still don't sound like you. And I go, who's playing them? And he goes, well, my high school kids, I go, yeah, you're not going to sound like us. You know, it's an instrument. You have to have a good quality of sound on the instrument, just like a a wind instrument of any kind, you know, how come my trumpets suck? Well, because they're not my trumpets <laughs> as far as the players, you know, it's, it's an instrument that you need to be able to get a good quality of sound. The biggest comment I have, and I don't want to say the kids are spoiled today, but we didn't have this. I didn't have this growing up YouTube. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? You can go on the internet now and put in any drum line you want, you know, and you'll find thousands of lot videos of them playing through their exercise book. You know, I mean, the guys that show up to audition for Blue Devils nowadays, they know everything. They know all of our exercises. They know, most of them know the music from the previous year. It's almost like they're a vet, like they marched before. 
and they show up and they're playing with the, the vets that are there, you know, it's like, I'm going, what, what is happening? <laughs> and they learn everything on YouTube, you know? So like YouTube became this amazing teacher. And when it first came out, for those of you guys who are too young to remember when it first came out, we hated it. They went, oh my God, they're stealing our stuff. I can't believe they're going to, they're, they're still in our licks there. You know, how, turn those cameras off. You know, <laughs> I mean, that was the lot back in the day. And then after a while, I was like, wait a minute, this is a great tool. <laughs> yeah, keep filming, guys. Keep filming, you know, so more people can learn how to do this stuff and just kind of spread it out. But YouTube's a big thing now. I think the internet is, that's, you know, free pretty much, you know, as far as if you got a good internet, whatever. But it's like, why wouldn't you go there and learn everybody's stuff? It's, it's, it's a great tool that we never had back in the day. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack in there. When I was coming up, you know, like, I remember uh, my buddy and I, he bought the uh, the Blue Devils. I think you had published a book after 03 or 04 um, through Tap Space. And I know Vanguard after 04 had done something. So we we were right on the cusp. So there there was like snare science. You know, people were posting transcripts yeah. that were <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. not always the best. Um, but then the, the published books with the music in it, we were like, all right, I'm going to learn all of electric wheelchair, like legit. And there's like <laughs> MP3s and that, I feel like the consumption of like, it's not just about being in the drum lines you're in. There's a lot of kids that are in high school drum lines. They do their indoor group, whatever. Like I, I did that too, but we were drumming everything we could find of various like writing style. So it's like, oh, I'm learning. 2006 phantom i'm learning 2008 rhythm x i'm learning mike mcintosh like oh five blue coat so it's like i think it's important like i think kids just kind of they're like, i want to be a blue devil so i'm gonna just like consume one thing and it's like well a lot of the people that were in devs like got other training that gave them the necessary tools to do what the blue devils choose to do from a stylistic standpoint so it's like i think building those like those playing chops with like being able to have a little more of like diversity so you're not just like stuck in a way i guess oh, absolutely absolutely i agree completely i mean we encourage our guys you know if we get to a lot early if we're whatever if we're staying at the, the site you know uh, go check out these other lines guys there's some really good stuff going on <laughs> you know you might find something you like <laughs> so you know absolutely there's, there's too much out there especially now with right. the indoor stuff it's insane you know it's it's our people we love it <laughs> So when you, uh, you know, when you're out there over the summer or, you know, obviously judging, um, who, who's inspiring you? You know, like I know the the answer is everybody, um, but like are there <laughs> yeah. specific people that you, you know, communicate with that you are inspired by who are designers or arrangers that you're like, oh, I need to like, this person is always like, mm, I need to like get a step ahead of them because they're like really smart, you know, like who who do you think of? Um, I... I think of the players, the performers, especially when I'm judging, they inspire me, you know, seeing what the kids are pulling off today, seeing what some of those high school lines are playing today. You know, I mean, I'm not a fan of the designers, to be honest, just because I think it's all more about performing than it is yeah. about writing the notes down, including myself. I mean, whatever we write down that those guys are playing it, check that stuff out. <laughs> right. And that's what inspires me is watching the performers. I mean, when I first started teaching as far as like caption head stuff in early nineties with Santa Clara, I mean, my three biggies were, you know, obviously Tom Float, Ralph Hardiman, and Tom Hannum. I mean, those are the three guys that I love their styles. And of yeah. course, before the internet, so I couldn't really check it out as much as you can nowadays. But back then, it's like, God, I remember seeing that one show and remembering this section and I remembering this and how they did this and how they did that. And that was like, that's, that still stays with me today as far as what those guys did for the activity, you know, and made it what it is today. And I'm, that, that was my inspiration. Absolutely. So let's talk just quickly about indoor. I know, you know, this is a space in which you're, you're judging. So it's a very different hat that you wear. Um, how has indoor changed and where do you see it going? Because I, me personally, you know, I've been designing for the last eight or nine years. Um, you know, eight of them were in world and one of them was an open, I kind of, you know, Travis and I basically started at CWP, which was the cadets drum line in 2014. We're open class. We set the highest record in open class that year. We go into world class the next year. We're working with Mark Sylvester and the YEA team, and we get sixth place and fifth place in hands, like year one world class. So it's just been this very like 
expediated kind of process where it's like, okay, now I'm like, I've been doing this for a while, but I'm not one of the old guys. So I'm in a weird spot. And it's like every year it's like, where is this going? It's like, I can't fathom all the time. Like what's next. And I, I think about it because I want to find that for, for us, you know, so that we are, we are not homogenizing, you know, we are standing out and we're not necessarily just trying to, um, get a score it's more about like how we're expressing what we do but you've been you've been watching these groups i mean you're you have students like tim jackson who have really crafted the indoor scene or sean vega or people like that and it's like where is this all headed because it's already so advanced yes it is and i'm glad you said the word hands by the way because that that's a term that people don't use anymore it's music yeah. now it's a music sheet but i still call it hands right I, that's what i yeah. judge my sheet yeah. i'm judging hands and i'm still judging hands um, <laughs> I know that's going to upset a few people going, I know it, he needs to be judging music and I'll get letters, but it's all good. Um, I don't know. And that's what I love about it. You know, I mean, every year at, you know, WGI finals and I, and I tell everybody this and I'm not lying. It's my favorite week of the year, mm. you know, better than the DCI stuff. Just because, first of all, the stress is gone from being a staff member, you know, so the summer thing is a whole different ball of wax for my brain. You know, with the, the blinders on and focus, 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 this, 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 you know, my wife calls it, I'm in the zone. You know, she doesn't even, she can't even talk to me during that week when <laughs> she's like, it's like, okay, here's your dinner. <laughs> but it's, you know, but it's, I'm a spectator. You know, I get to be a spectator and check out these performances. And sometimes I get to talk into a recorder, but I'm still enjoying it. I'm still being entertained. And it's every year there's something new, whatever that may be. And every year it's like, this is, this activity is still extremely healthy, extremely. I mean, they got to turn lines away, you know, because there's not enough spots mm. for three days of, of, of these groups. It's, it's, to me, it's crazy. And, um, no, I'm a huge fan of the indoor thing. Obviously. Um, I encourage all of our guys who march to do the indoor thing. We actually changed our, our camp schedules for blue devils for, you know, we don't do a camp in March anymore because too many weekends are taken up by the indoor guys. And we said, you know what, we should just, let's encourage them to stay there and get, get more training. You know, so we actually changed what, how the Blue Devils do things for WGI percussion. And it's, and it's been extremely healthy and it's, it's helped everybody. Um, God, I wish I had a crystal ball and let you know what's going to happen even next year, you know, but I can't wait to see it and see what's going to happen. And I mean, they, they keep opening up the rules a little bit more there too. So things are a little fresher and different. And I thought it was funny how the lighting thing was a big thing when it first was legalized. And then as many people failed at it, I was like, okay, you don't even see that anymore. <laughs> it's rare when you see that nowadays because it's like, yeah, it's not worth it. <laughs> not worth the risk of having that stuff or the TVs or the screens or all that stuff where if it works, it could be really good. But 70% of the time something got messed up and it's like, that's a negative, major negative. And is it, is it worth it? You know, let's just go out and just play our ass off. Let's just do that. <laughs> and I'll yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I, so first of all, I'd like to clarify for listeners because I think this conversation about like the music caption WGI and it being hands, we all have to understand that you could write the best book in the world, but if the kids are not performing it well, the person evaluating it does not have access to the nuances that you intended and that you're hearing on the MP3 in your Sibelius file. So this idea, we have to understand that the, the sub captions are, it's not a hard line. And that's my explanation to myself is like, if you are crystal clear, the book can be read. Right. So it's prioritizing the cleanliness. It it should inf it informs that content box and they're completely related. So I, I think, you know, unless you want to clarify that differently, that's how like I feel about that, I guess. No, yeah, it's how well you're playing what you're playing, you know, and as a judge sitting in that seat with a lot of my a lot of my friends that are doing the same sheet with me, you got to understand what that vocabulary is supposed to be, you know, which means hopefully you're current. You know, that's why a lot of us DCI guys are sitting in that chair. <laughs> because we're we're still doing it right so we know what they're attempting we know how hard it is to be able to do that compared to this and that's why i love that activity just because we're there's a lot of more current people doing it um yeah it's just how well they're playing what they're playing and um what's interesting is and this gets me on my too many visual points kick is back in the day it wasn't that long ago where you talk about this caption hands music 
whoever won that caption on the WGIC usually either won or was a, a medalist. You know, nowadays with the way the points are going, that's not that doesn't happen anymore. You know, right. you can win that sheet and still not even medal be fourth or fifth or something like that. So it's really interesting to me um, the way the, the the score is changing, the way the numbers are changing because of the judges, and because that that to me is still why I do that activity because I want to see these guys play stuff that you know they they love playing and how well they can play it and reward them for that. You know, and sometimes that those points aren't big enough nowadays because of the way they change the point allocation. So that kind of sucks for me. I mean, I understand the entertainment value and obviously it's off the charts and everybody's loving the activity and that's, you know, it'll, it'll be fine when I'm gone. <laughs> it'll still keep progressing, I'm sure, you know, but just my own personal, now nah, just stand there and just throw down some stuff for me, please. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I mean, the seed of all this is, is playing clean. I mean, I just think we, we do get away from that. And you know, the reality too, is that, a lot of the voices out there are are kids who have not done time on the road like you or I have. They don't have the ears like that, right? Yeah. So yeah. they're sitting there, they're like, this yeah. is amazing and this is perfect. And you're like, this is super ticky. They, yeah. they, their perception <laughs> is literally not what yours is. You've heard right. the best drum lines every day for months at a time. So it's, it's kind of ruined our, not ruined, but it's really, really sculpted our perception of it. Um, but I'll, I'll just say like, I really appreciated that for an example, just, you know, we had a sound issue our second round in Jersey this year and you were judging and I loved how you coached the members and you were like, I can, cause this is exactly what I would say teaching them. You are like, I can tell that you all can tell that something is different and it's affecting your playing. And that's, I think, cause you know, I do some judging too. Like it's not, you know, a major path right now, but you should be able to hand the tape to the members. I that's, think almost in every regard. Every tape I make, it's, it's more for the members than the, the staff, you know? And, if, and if sometimes if I need to, Oh, scold the staff or say, what the hell are you guys thinking? Yeah. I'll, I'll have to tell, I'll at the end of the tape, I go, okay, now this next couple of comments is for the staff only. Just so, you know, and then I'll tell them, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> That's never going to be successful. What are you guys, you know, what are you trying to do? You know, that my opinion, obviously. But um, yeah, every tape I make, I, I make it for the, I'm assuming the members are going to hear it. I want the members to hear it because I want them to get that feedback on how they're performing. And that gets back to, God full circle, you know, the DCI judge on the field, that immediate <laughs> response, you know, just from their facial expressions or whatever. I mean, even back in the day when they weren't talking into a recorder, they were writing on a score sheet, you know, right. but you could see their face. It's like, if that sheet, if that clipboard went up, it's like, no, no, put it down. <laughs> that means they found an error. <laughs> so that was just that immediate response and that energy back and forth. And so that's what I try to do when I'm, when I'm judging is just talk about them more than I'm talking about anything else. And that's why I like that sheet. You know, that cheats more about that than the upstairs people. I love that. And I really appreciated how you kind of, you just your rapport with that. Cause it's like, yeah, like I would have said, I, I felt the same way, you know? And I think that's a really important lesson because the world we're in, those things do happen, you know? And, you know, as we said um, with, you know, Broken City versus Pulse, you have a group like Matrix who is like, you know, that light thing, we're going to we're going to freaking do that to the best it's ever going to be. But they got 13th in the hands caption at finals. So they ended up wow. eighth, right? They wow. won visual effect. Both VE judges had them in first place. Hundreds. Wow. They got 13th in hands and they got eighth overall. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's, awesome in a weird yeah. way. <laughs> That's what I love about WGI, right? You're never going to see that in DCI. You'll never see, yeah. that, you know, those, those captions that far apart. Everything bleeds into everything in the summer. But no, that's I, I, I had no idea. I didn't check that out. That's that's pretty that's pretty crazy. Yes, it was wacky, you know. And we we were right behind them, um, GMU. We got ninth, and we you know beat them in hands. And we had very, if you remember, minimalistic props. We had you know only a few things, and it was very much like trying to work with the medium of it all so it's like it's always this interesting thing where it's like i want this to be entertaining and i want it to hit those you know these ideas like up top or like entertain the audience and create these moment vertical vertical moments but it really is just about 
drumming and playing well and the competence in general, because as you've been saying a few times, visual competence equals playing competence. At this point, there is no separation. If you can't move, right. there's right. no access to your hands, right? right? So right. It, it, these, these things are really important. And, you know, Blue Devils amongst everyone else, I mean, you, I told Scott Chandler last time, it was just like, the visual training thing is so I've always just like the way your guys quad lines moved in the mid two thousands. Like those years are just like, how do you look like this? Like, it's so just how much it seemed like you cared about that. I don't know. Maybe they're just amazing. Like you've been saying, they're just really good and experienced, but damn, it was like you, it drew you into the visual thing in a way that it made it its own special thing. We put, we put the time in on their bodies. You know, that's one of the big visual things for Blue Devils is it's not marching basics. <clears throat> you know, it's like, okay, we want you to skip across this field. We want you to run across this field, do a couple somersaults, you know, jump as high as you can. I mean, just to, you need to understand what your body can do and what it can't do more mm -hmm. than more than we do, right? And so our visual team is amazing at doing that, getting them to do the, you know, I, I remember the first time for the sprinting across the field, I go, what the hell are we doing? You know? <laughs> Are they supposed to be in step? I mean, that's, that was my comment, right? Wait, they're out of step. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. We're just doing a thing to get them to check out mm -hmm. their bodies, you know? And, and I, I embrace it completely now because we, I do think we move extremely well. And that's not just the drum line. That's everybody. The Blue Devils move extremely well from one set to another set or whatever you want to call it. I mean, we just, we, we move really well because they all understand their bodies more, you know? And it's not marching basics that does it as much as it's just understand what your body could do and what it can't do. And again, we get mature performers, you know, so that, that helps a lot. <laughs> it really does. Talent, talent's a really good thing. <laughs> I've had this argument, talent's a lot bigger than heart, just saying, <laughs> but he's got heart. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Rambis had heart. That's why he was such a bad basketball player, but he has good heart. <laughs> I love that. It's like, you know, football players do ballet. That's what I'm thinking when you're talking. It's yeah. just, we and, and this kind of connects to what I want to kind of ask you as, as sort of our closeout. But um, I think we come from a place that's so steeped in. I don't think tradition's a word, but just like this very specific process of how we do things and what we do to be in a drum line. And the groups that you see bust out of that, it's like what is going on behind the scenes that really matters. Like, because we're all just drum lines standing there drumming. Like, it is kind of the similar, and there is a there's a limit to what you can do with two hands and sticks. Right? Um, we're extrapolating, or we're finding permutations, or we're evolving, or we're devolving, and we have rope. We have cycles of of trends and and all these things um but there there is a limitation there's a ceiling to it but it's like there's other ways to get them to where they go and you could see that in the products that we see out there and what differentiates a boston crusaders from a blue devils from a vanguard from a crown from a from a cadets but what i want to ask you kind of last is you know you're i think i said over 40 years if i did the math right um in a drum corps um again not trying to make you feel old you're a legend. You're a legend. You're a hall <laughs> no, of see, You can't say legend because legend legend is old. You know? You're a you're so, a contemporary living legend. There you go. <laughs> Scott, I, how there's so much I could say that still gotta hit legend though. Well, first of all, it's been forty-three years with the Blue Devils. Um, yeah. at that level, you know. And then it was another four years with Santa Clara thrown in there too. So Wow. I'm old. I've been around a while. Longevity is a good thing right now. But but still completely in it, contemporary, judging, designing, completely in it. So there are people, you were talking about the, the comments or the conversations. There's people who have tried to do what you've done and they couldn't. Um, they haven't been able to embrace these the changing nature yeah. of the activity, yeah. Yeah. embracing young people. Um, and embracing the inevitability of change. So like, what about you has allowed you to continue doing what you're doing because there's people that wanted to and they couldn't. So there's something different about how you've been able to maneuver and navigate through this world. Um, I don't know. I mean, I still love this activity of marching percussion. I absolutely love it. You know, I mean, the last two years with the pandemic, um, thank God my wife likes me because I've never been home this much. You know, I didn't go anywhere for two years, literally anywhere. And um, I missed the hell out of it. It was like, okay, I never want to retire. 
I missed, you know, and, and everyone's going, also, oh, you missed the travel. And I realized it's not the travel that I missed because airports still suck, but I missed the destinations. Yeah. I missed when I got there and seeing the guys and hanging out and listening to these performers. And that's what I totally missed, <laughs> you know? And so um, I love the activity. I don't know what else to say. You know, I, I'm very fortunate. I hire extremely talented people that teach with me, that teach for me, that, you know, I, I say, here's the keys. Don't, don't, don't crash, you know? And I'm very lucky that I have an amazing staff that makes me look good. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, like you were saying, I don't get out on the field and run around, but I make those guys do it. <laughs> I go, get your ass out there. Let's go. That's why I hired you. You're young, <laughs> you know, so they're still doing it, but I, yeah, I don't do that very much, especially when it's a full ensemble, which is most of the time with us, you know, but I, I, I love the activity. I still love everything about it of marching percussion in general, whether it's marching band or, Indoor drum lines are definitely, you know, the summer thing, the drum corps. I mean, I still love seeing the performers perform. We could just chat about so many topics, but I'll just say you've inspired not only me personally, watching the drum lines that, that you cultivated when I was a kid and just helping so many of us have a vision for where, where we wanted to go, but also to see how many of your students are successful designers. And it's, it's mind blowing. Yeah. For, for all awesome. those people that have, and have inspired me too, like through that whole bloodline. So um, it's been awesome to just chat with you and get some time one-on-one -on -one and just pick your brain. And I'm super excited um, to see you in the winter. Cause I'm sure that I will. And to see what you do with devs. I'm a massive fan. I know everybody is. So just thank you so much for getting on here with us. Well, thanks for having me, man. I, I enjoyed it. And for that, we'll uh, see all y'all next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.